Okay, good morning and welcome back to another episode of the YVR Remo Show. Uh, today it's going to be myself, Tyler, and Justin. Uh, we're going to be digging into something that we talk about every single day, every single week, and I'm sure a lot of people um, have questions. You know, one common question that comes up all the time is like, why is the interest rate higher when I do 20% down? Um, so the theme of this episode is going to be pros and cons of getting to 20% down, so a conventional mortgage. Uh, and then we're going to compare that to an insured mortgage, which is basically anything with less than 20% down uh, to a minimum of 5%. And there certainly are pros and cons to both. Uh, there's strategy uh, between each of them. So uh, we'll kick it off here. I think we'll, we might as well start with 20% down. I'd say that's, um, I'm speaking for myself anyways, but that's that's the bulk of the business that we see nowadays. And that's probably something to do with where we live because a lot of properties are very expensive. Um, and just one consideration is if you are buying a property over a million dollars, you actually have to have 20% down. There's currently no way to purchase uh, a property over a million with less than 20%. So why don't we just start off with the uh, the benefits of of reaching that 20% down payment. And and yeah, we'll kick it off there. Tyler, if you want to, if you want to start. Sure. I mean, very simply, like if you're putting more down, you're borrowing less, right? And the goal of anybody or for most people taking on a mortgage is you want to have less mortgage. So right out of the gates, you have more equity in the property. Uh, and probably the biggest piece, one of the bigger pieces, especially in our market, which is lower mainland where it's not the cheapest place to live. Generally, you're taking on more mortgage um, than pretty much anywhere else in the country outside of the GTA. Uh, everybody, most of the borrowers we, we help want that 30-year amortization. So when you're buying with 20% down, uh, you can extend your amortization. And the amortization is the amount of time it would take to pay off the mortgage if you made every payment as it was originally structured. So where is that a benefit? It reduces your monthly cost. Of course, that increases the amount of interest you'll pay over your term. However, it's going to bring that monthly number down, which is so important to so many borrowers. Very important if you're an investor right? The biggest thing with any time you're investing is always cash flow management, right? You want to make sure you're not supplementing the property too much if, if, if you have to. Uh, best case scenario, your cash flow positive. And, you know, 99% of any investor that we work with, they're taking a 30-year AM if it's, if it's available. Uh, so that's only going to be available to you if you've got 20% down. Of course, Everyone's heard of CMHC. When you buy with 20% down, there's there's no CMHC premiums attached to it. Those can be quite expensive. So you don't owe the government anything out of that uh, transaction. Um, and also, you know, there's some other features. Maybe I'll let Justin touch on them, just especially when it comes to moving from one property to the other. That's usually a little bit easier when you've got 20% down. Yeah, there's there's extra products that you have access to when you put 20% down. So like having a HELOC attached to your mortgage or having like a readvanceable mortgage as you pay the principal down, your HELOC grows. And like Tyler alluded to, porting your mortgage to another property also becomes a lot easier. Well, the other thing we see when uh, a buyer is coming in with 20% or more down is exceptions with lenders become become greater. And it can allow us to access more money if you're kind of stretching your qualifications a little bit. Yeah, that's that was that's where my head was kind of going with this too. Is you know, like when you compare, as an example, someone buying maybe a home with a basement suite. Um, when you're buying with less than twenty percent down, the way that the rental income is is looked at from a lender is actually a lot less aggressive from when you get to 20%. So um, buying with less than 20% down, it doesn't matter where you go, we have to follow the insurer's guidelines. They do vary a bit from lender to lender, but at the end of the day, it has to fall into lender uh, protocol, uh, insurer protocol, I should say. 
when you get to 20% down, that's when you can really start getting creative and looking at different lenders that are going to look at rental income differently. Some of them are going to remove property taxes and heating expenses from the calculation just because that's how they do it. Right. And then as Justin alluded to exceptions, right? So, um, it's a little bit convoluted and there's different ways to run the number, but at the end of the day, with most lenders, we can use 39% of household income to cover housing costs and there's stress tests factored into that. As soon as you get to that 20% down ratio, like we've had mortgages approved up to like 50%, right? In a make sense situation with less than 20% down, there's absolutely no chance that that gets done. Like 39.1% doesn't get approved with less than 20% down. So flexibility, qualification improves dramatically. Like we show people numbers all the time of, you know, 10% down and then we'll show, hey, just, you know, maybe you could get a gift from family. Getting to 20% oftentimes will boost your qualification by hundreds of thousands of dollars, not to mention your down payment increases as well. So you could go from like a $600,000 purchase price up to 850, quite literally by getting 20% down and working with the right lender. So it definitely opens up options. Um, we'll talk a little bit about rates. I think that's one of the only cons of the 20% down piece is the rates are a little bit higher. Well, I'll let Tyler dig into that. But um, overall, qualification is going to improve dramatically. Um, cost, as much as the rates are typically going to be a little bit higher, you do avoid that CMHC premium like Tyler had touched on at the beginning. Uh, and those premiums are no joke, right? Like people underestimate that. A lot of times they're close to 4%, um, which is pretty massive when you're borrowing you know, $500,000, $600,000, it's a massive upfront cost and you don't get that money back, right? Even if you buy a property with 5% down today and sell it in two weeks, that money's gone. Like that's an insured mortgage and you don't get refunded if you had the mortgage for a short period of time. So overall, like from a cost effective standpoint, and then the cash flow piece, I think we should just touch on that quickly again. For investors, like absolute no brainer, you have to have 20% down to buy a rental property. So that's one caveat to that but it does help with cash flow dramatically. Like someone that bought a property with maybe 5% down and they wanted to turn around and maybe move out of it and rent it in a year or so, typically you're not going to find a lot of cash flow unless you're refinancing and extending it to 30 years if you have the equity to do so. But yeah, Tyler, maybe we can touch on the, the rate piece. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, we have these conversations daily, right? Like, I always bring this example when I'm talking to people that are putting 20, 30, 40, 50% down. It's, it, it's kind of funny, but it's not. But the conversation I always have is, you know, believe it or not, like somebody who's fresh out of university has scraped every nickel they found under their couch to scrape together 5% to put down. They're actually going to get, a, and especially in, right now in today's market, in the spring of 2023, a substantially better rate uh, than you're going to get if you're putting 20% down, taking a 30-year mortgage. It seems completely backwards. It baffles most of the people that uh, we talk to. Uh, it just doesn't make sense, right? Like it's it's you would assume it's less risk to the bank when you're putting more skin in the game. Uh, we don't need to dive too deep into the reasons why, but there was a number of um, federal like regulation changes with how banks can basically sell their mortgages off their books. I think it's probably like seven years ago now, six years ago now that that basically made those more those mortgages more expensive for the banks uh, so you know what do they do they pass that cost onto the borrower so that's why those rates are higher again it doesn't really make a lot of sense for people that aren't necessarily informed in the first time they're hearing it but it's absolutely a fact and that's another thing to keep in mind if you're looking at rates online this is a little bit sidebar i would say 99 percent of them are always going to be with like three or four stars beside it a bunch of asterisks 
those are always going to be for insured mortgages because they're pricing so sharp. It's a bit of a loss leader. You go in, next thing you know, you start talking to your bank, your broker, you've got 20% down, you want a 30 year and your rate just jumped like 0.25 or 0.3 or 0.35% and you're left dumbfounded, right? That's just because of how mortgage financing works, where the money needs to be, where it comes from, where it sits after the mortgage is lent. Um, so it's a very long-winded way of me saying it's more expensive to go 30-year in terms of your interest rate. But in terms of the total borrowing cost, like you're so much better off being able to have 20% down. Maybe that piggybacks to the other con. With putting 20% down, it's just it's hard to get to that, right? It's, it's difficult to save that amount. Well, most people buying these days, especially first-time buyers, were getting family help because it's an expensive place to live. Uh, and if you are somebody, and maybe this will lead into the pros of buying with less than 20% down, if you're sitting there, you've got 10, 15, and you just think, oh, I'm going to just wait and save another 5%. This is going to take me another year. It, it'll leave you on the sidelines longer, and you're going to miss any sort of growth, you know, appreciation on your property value. Maybe we can jump in with the uh, the pros for buying with less than 20% down because there actually are quite a few. So I think when it comes to mind with less than 20% down is, is you're going to be able to get into the market right away versus having to potentially have that difficult conversation with your parents or grandparents and trying to save up to that 20% down. And by getting to the market right away, you're going to see the appreciation. Now, obviously, the last few years have been, you know, out of the ordinary, but I think it's safe to say, you know, the lower mainland in particular sees about 5% a year um, on average. And, and, you know, that can be a pretty substantial amount, right? On a $500,000 property, you're, you're watching it grow 25 grand a year. So, um, you know, being into the, being into the market sooner rather than later will benefit you going forward, especially if you start in a condo and you go to a townhouse or, or want to move up the property ladder. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a good point, right? It's saving up, a substantial down payment can take years and years and years. I mean, there are a lot of people that we're seeing that are getting gifts from family, which can make things a lot easier, right? But if that's just not in the cards and it isn't for a lot of people, um, that whole waiting game can cost you a lot of money. And, you know, like I, I try to, I try to push this as hard as I can without really pushing, but you know, when you're buying your first home or what have you, like that's typically where you're going to be buying with less than 20% down is usually the first purchase. Right. And, and like Justin had mentioned, there's, where we live anyways, there's typically pretty substantial appreciation or there can be. So often for your next property, you're, you're probably going to have your 20% down because the property probably appreciated. So everything gets easier after the first one. Um, and you know, like there's so many different situations. I've heard people say like, I'm just going to pause and wait till I get 20% down so I can avoid the CMHC premium of 20 grand or $25,000. I've heard people say, well, like I'm going to pause and just wait because I really don't want to live in a condo. Like I'd rather just buy a detached home for my first property. And I think that getting into your first property, you have to be a little bit more open-minded. Like it's probably not going to be your dream home because it is your first home. And like you have 5% down. So getting into the market just in general, as long as it works for your life, right? I think you just need to be a little bit more open-minded to what type of property is. Maybe it's not in the perfect neighborhood or what have you, but it's always going to be a stepping stone to get to the property that you really want to be in. And oftentimes it takes people like I've seen, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've seen a lot of people go through three homes before they get to the one that they're actually like, Hey, I could live here. Like I could raise my family in this property. And throughout that path, they've made a lot of money on real estate, right? Which has allowed them just to scale up into another bigger property time and time again. Um, but yeah, that whole waiting game can cost you a lot of money. Like I've actually personally had friends that have 
waited for three years trying to save up. And, and in that time frame, we saw townhouses go from like, they used to be 350,000, believe it or not, when I bought my first one. And like three years later, there was $600,000, right? So just like pulling the trigger, getting in as soon as you can. And I think this isn't overly topical on like comparing the two situations, but you know, if someone's intrigued to get into real estate, I just say like, don't be scared to have a conversation with family, right? Like if, if you can get a family to, to give you a gift for 30,000, maybe you pay them back later when you sell the property or whatever, like if that's going to speed things up and allow you to get into the market, like those are good conversations to have. And most of the time, if, if family is, has the money and they can help, they probably will. Right. Um, it's just, it's good to have those conversations and try to get in as soon as you can. Cause we've all seen it. And even we're in a market right now currently where like, it's multiple offers on everything, right? And and it's driving prices right back up. So someone that was maybe sitting on the sidelines six months ago, like properties have appreciated 5% in the last month and a half, from what I'm told anyways. Um, and that's substantial when you look at a million dollar property, right? Yeah, what's the, I mean, this industry is no, like not short of corny catchphrases, but what's the one we always hear is it's time in the market versus timing the market. If we just kind of dollarize it for a second, like, if you're borrowing $400,000 and, and you have a CMHC insured mortgage and you're putting 5% down, you know, the CMHC premium on there is going to be $16,000. However, if we imagine that the, the home that you bought appreciates by 5% over the next year, which, which it's pretty, it's like clockwork uh, over the last kind of 15, 20 years, you've just made that back anyways, right? just in just an appreciation in the meantime you're continuing to save and that's just going to pad your savings pad your bank account uh, for the next time right so you know you hear it all the time once you're in you're in you're on the ladder and then you can kind of slowly move your way up my first purchase i think you know the insurance cmhc insurance bill on mine was like 14 15 grand i held that property for five years and it it, it was it's the best investment that i ever made like way more way more than i ever made in you know stocks or whatever um, and it's just because I bit the bullet and just kind of sat on the property and, and let let the market do its thing. Um, you know, there's a couple other pros, I would say, with buying less than 20 percent down. We've, you know, we've gone over the rate piece. Um, you're actually going to get it's part of the reason why the rates are so cheap as well is it's it's a very competitive space. There is a ton of lenders available wanting to lend money in that space because of the CMHC insurance piece. It's a very uh, liquid market in terms of how banks can lend the money out. Um, so because of that, because of that competition, rates come down. So, it, you know, as we talked about, when you're buying with 20% or more down, that's where lender programs really come in, exceptions, all that kind of stuff. When it comes to buying with less than 20% down, it's really kind of down to like rate, product and service, because basically we've all got to follow the same rules. Every bank from RBC to you know Scotia, TD, whatever credit union, whatever non-bank lender that's out there, you pretty much all have to follow the same rules. There's a little bit, of, there's a few quirks here and there, but for the most part, it's a pretty level playing field in terms of guidelines. So what do you compete with is just product and rate and of course service. Um, and you're going to get access to way more of these non-bank lenders. So you know non-banks is what we what we consider ones that you don't see on the street. There's no branches. And where these banks are very sharp and aggressive and just kill the competition is not only a rate, but also very favorable penalty calculations, which are which are a huge piece, right? It means you can be a lot more nimble with your mortgage if you want to move, sell, uh, upgrade. If you're with one of these non-bank lenders, you're not going to get crippled with uh, with the penalty calculation. And this space is 
I would say like not quite dominated, but it's it's there's so much competition from these non-bank lenders. It keeps the big banks honest with their interest rates, and it just it just puts you in a safer position should you buy, need to sell, and uh, you can avoid having you know a nasty penalty. Yeah, and, and you know what? Because because it's such a competitive market, like Tyler said, it keeps everyone honest to interest rates. There's often promotions that are coming out all the time, and every time we see a promotion, it's for an insured mortgage. It's like lenders want to have insured mortgages on their books because it's relatively risk free for them. The insurer essentially steps in if something was to go wrong in that situation, like a foreclosure. The insurer is stepping in and paying the bank out in full. That's what the insurance premiums for. That's what we pay for. Um, because they look at it like, well, if if a bank has to put up 95% of the purchase price and Derek's only putting up 5%, that's actually a pretty risky position for the bank to hold. That's why the insurer has to be involved in these because um, a bank wouldn't normally do that, right? They, they wouldn't do it without insurance. Um, but another benefit of buying with less than 20% down, there's typically never going to be an appraisal. So the approval process is is typically going to be quicker. As much as it can be a little bit more in depth because you know the paperwork has to be just absolutely bang on because the insurer is involved we're typically getting approvals within a day there's no appraisal so like when it comes to short subject periods we can typically meet those if we have a good application put together up front um, which is nice and it's easy it makes things a lot easier and, and it's, it's a better process for the buyers as well right um, i guess a negative piece that comes to mind for me well there's a couple of them um, but one piece that really comes to mind for me is because it's so black and white purchasing uh, with an insured mortgage, like there's no flexibility. The exceptions are very, very minimal. You have to have a very, very clean application. I'm talking like if your credit score is below a certain threshold, like oftentimes they'll actually say, no, we're not going to use that person's income, right? Um, if your income's a little bit unique, it's just very, very tough to get a mortgage approved. And again, it's because it's looked at as a high risk mortgage because there's a minimal down payment, right? So there's not a lot of flexibility in these products um, where, again, back to our point before, the exceptions are through the roof when you hit that 20% down marker. I think to another con that like comes to my head is the fact that when you have these insured mortgages, a the insurer could have something wrong with like they the property could be red flagged in the insurers so even though we may have you know 30 different lenders we can go to between bank and non-bank and everything like that if all three insurers have an issue with this property we can't get you financing um the other thing too when it comes to having the cmhc fees on top is you're gonna have a higher mortgage amount so your, your payments even with that lower um, interest rate that you're receiving will typically be higher than when you're putting 20% down because we can stretch the amortization and uh, you have obviously a bigger principal mortgage amount to pay. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like, just so everyone's aware, like that piece Justin mentioned about the property is, is very important, right? Like anytime there's a, uh, an insured mortgage application going, there's, there's, there's two layers of approval, right? A bank might be on board, but if the insurer doesn't like the application, the deal's done. Right. It doesn't it doesn't go beyond there. And also just to kind of highlight it, there's most I mean, we say CMHC all the time because it's everybody knows knows that name. There's actually two other mortgage insurers out there as well. Uh, but essentially, they're kind of all playing the same playing the same game. The guidelines are slightly different, but, it, you know, it's way too nuanced to even get into. Um, but if, if all three of those insurers don't like the application for whatever reason, um, the deal's done. And that just goes into the piece about having 20% down or not. There's just very limited room for exception. It's just, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you're moving on. I think about self-employed borrowers uh, when we're talking about less than 20% down. 
you can still achieve some exceptions if you're self-employed, but then you, you have to get to 10%. You can't at 5%. Um, and it's just, it's just a lot tighter, right? There's, it's, it's a pretty cut and dry black and white application and conversation with the bank and the insurer. Um, I'm not sure what else we can really hit on in terms of a con. The only one I think of is, you know, if you're wanting to buy a property to rent it out, of course, you can't do that with less than 20% down. So these purchases that you're making, they're going to be for owner-occupied purposes only. Um, and I actually just thought of another pro. Perhaps if you want to buy a vacation property or a second home, there's no requirement that you have 20% down there. As long as it can fit insurer guidelines, you can carry both mortgages. You can actually achieve that with less than 20% down through one of the insurer's vacation home or second home um, programs. Yeah, really good points. I mean, I think we've touched on it all. We're, we're starting to kind of rattle through some of the same topics again. So I think just a just a quick once over, if you're looking at buying with 20% down, the main benefits is you're going to be able to achieve a much higher qualification. You're avoiding CMHC costs. You're getting a 30-year amortization, which also equates to lower payments, better cash flow, right? Overall, if you can achieve 20% down, it is an absolute no-brainer. It would not make sense to go backwards and do less. Um, from an insured mortgage standpoint, you know, the downside is you are restricted to a 25 year amortization. The maximum purchase price is a million bucks. Um, qualification is black and white. Like there really aren't a lot of exceptions and qualification is going to be significantly lower. But at the end of the day, if that's your situation and that's how you can get into the market, pull the trigger, right? Like it's always, there's never going to be a perfect time. Um, if you find a right, if you find the right property, if it fits within your budget, um, and, and timing works for you. Those are the three buckets, in my opinion, that, that need to all align to pull the trigger on, on purchasing a property, right? Cause markets go up and down and real estate's a long game. So, um, yeah, I don't have much more to add. I think we've covered pretty much every, everything unless you guys have anything. I think we hit it all. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for, uh, for tuning in. We appreciate it. And, uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.